This episode of Ask the Pokedexpert is brought to you by Shorts. They are comfy and easy to wear. And by Adventure Incorporated Podcast. It's barely associated with this show, adventureinc.podbean.com. Now, on to the show. Ask the Pokedexpert. Hello, friends. Welcome to Ask the Pokedexpert, where we take audience questions and pick the brain of our special guest expert. I'm your host, Anthony Reed. Joining me this week, he is a Pokemon researcher and the foremost expert in the fields of Pokemon biology, anatomy, and social biology. His new book, Munchlax Jirachi Love Disc, one researcher's search for everything across Kalos, Hoenn, and Orr, is available now. It's Pokedexpert Mike Ellison. Thanks for being here, Mike. Oh, thank you so much, Anthony. I, I, I'm, I'm so flattered to have gotten the call again. This means a lot to me. You know, I, I really, I really, uh, it means a lot to me this week, especially uh, because Swallet is my favorite Pokemon. Well, we're so happy whenever you agree to join us. We know you're very busy, and so to take some time out of your schedule is just, it's such a a great thing for us. Uh, But yes, this week we are talking about one of the more odd Pokemon in the world. It's Swallet. The Pokedex lists Swallet as a 5'7", 176.4 pound poison Pokemon, and the evolution of Gulpin. The community has a lot of questions about Swallet, and I don't blame them. Uh, most po- people try to stay away from something known as the Poison Bag Pokemon, but not our Pokedexpert. Are you ready, Mike? Oh, absolutely, Anthony. Let's do this. Um, you know, again, every time we every time we we mention the Pokedex, I do just want to call out that you know those uh, those sizes and weights they are averages. You know, if you're if your Swallet's a little thicker, uh, a little a little lighter maybe uh it's okay you know just uh maybe just you know now is swallowed a pokemon with a pretty high variation in that uh in that realm or are they more of a sort of a standardized size no i think uh you know i think it's important to remember right that as a as a pokemon that is referred to as the poison bag right i think it depends a lot on the uh the contents of that swallet at the time of measurement right uh, a lot of trainers like to um they like to fill their swallets up as much as they can before they take them to be weighed you know before any sort of competition or anything uh uh, it, which serves a dual purpose, of course, right? Like it, it creates more uh, more poison gases inside that stomach of the swallet, uh, leading to leading to a stronger poisonous eruption in battle. Uh, mm. While also, you know, the the size of the swallet it can lead to a little bit of an intimidation factor, right? You know, if you hear if you hear, oh my god, so and so swallet is clocking in at one eighty eight, like. That's a big boy, right? So, yeah, that's a large creature, for sure. Right. Well, and, and so, I just wanted to make sure, because I know that, you know, some Pokemon, the variation is pretty significant, right? The size difference between, sure. um, you know, a Bellsprout that's been watered and taken care of really well can be pretty significant. Uh, but then you have Pokemon that where a couple of inches one way or the other is sort of the most extreme right. you're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're, that's a that's a great call out. You know, I think it's important to remember that, uh, you know, especially in the case of plant Pokemon, like you mentioned, uh, you know, they're going to have a lot more variation. Um, Swallowed, I think, uh, 
similarly falls in the same kind of uh, the same kind of routine or not routine, but the same sort of patterns as as a Pokemon like a plant Pokemon. You know, I think uh, you know if we're if we're speaking Darwinian, uh, I think a lot of these you know a lot of these poison Pokemon come from fungus. Uh, you know, which. And, and again, I haven't done all of the research on this just yet, but I, I think there's a strong link between, you know, uh, some of those poisonous spore funguses uh, and our what we know of as po- poison Pokemon now. Hmm. And so it, it stands to it stands justifiable, right, that you're going to see a lot of variation in the coughings and the wheezings and the in the swallets of the world where um depending on depending on what you're feeding them depending on how often depending on how many poisonous gas eruptions they've had you know those are going to change the the weight and uh thickness of those pokemon when you're measuring them absolutely okay great well let's jump right into the uh the questions from our audience here uh first up we have twitter user at c conowich who asks what possible purpose do those whiskers serve Oh, I think I think it's important to remember in the world of Pokemon, right? That um, a lot of a lot of Pokemon are using their more uh, superficial features, right, to uh, to attract a mate. A lot of times, mm, you know. Yes. And so, in the case of a in the case of a Swallet, um, the length of the whiskers is is one way that uh wild males will show dominance uh over the rest of the pack you know um it's it's kind of like a a walrus's tusks right where the length the length shows uh age maturity and sometimes time since last battle right because i mean a whisker can get pulled off in a fight um if you're not careful, you know, and so if you if you see a particularly long whispered whiskered male, uh, I think it's safe to assume that he's he's a pretty big deal in that in that family unit. Very interesting. Um, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think that there's probably uh, some few other a few other things in the Pokemon universe that you could point out to as as serving that same purpose. Right. Well, I, I mean, we talked uh, we talked the last time I was on the show. Um, I know it's been a while, uh, but we talked about we talked about the wings of the Dunsparce, you know, uh, ex- describing their personalities. Um, as you and I know, as humans, right, personalities are a huge part of what makes you attractive to a mate. And so, um, you know, uh, to our single listeners out there, just, uh, you know, keep keep smiling them here. Uh, Facebook pointing user at yourself, Thomas you know, Chires asks. Is the Swallet jealous of the success and popularity of human eaters like Joey Chestnut when it come when it could eat sixty hot dogs in one gulp? That's the thing about a Swallet, right? I would, I would say, and this is probably true for most Pokemon. I mean, obviously there are going to be outliers, right? Because every Pokemon is different. Every Pokemon is individual and unique and beautiful. Um, but uh, I have never met a Swallet that displays human jealousy you know it's i think i think a swallet at least in my experience right the swallets that i have worked with in the lab they appreciate joey chestnut's desire to be more swallet like in his life you know i think that's the thing that 
for them, they kind of are like, you know, if this were a Pokemon eating contest, they all know that they would house Joey Chestnut. Um, well, and, and I and I did want to point out we do specifically have separate divisions for a lot of correct. things, right? Not correct. just eating contests, but eating contests especially. I've been to a Swallet contest, yeah, uh, where it's, they had to eat hundreds of hot dogs in a short period of time. It's amazing, right? The way the how large they can open their mouths and how many hot dogs they can fit in there at once is incredible. And those tiny little hands are so cute. They try and put all the hot dogs in their mouths. I love it. I love I a swallow eating contest. Swallow eating contests are pretty great. Uh, I I think the only time you would have someone like Joey Chestnut going up against a Pokemon and some is one of these like you know, sort of charity bouts Un- where sure yeah an unsanctioned yeah. eating contest right like some something maybe and you know I don't know much like I'm not a Joey Chestnut expert, but I would guess seeing his style that he's watched a few swallows in his time. You know the way he opens his mouth, the way he like. Like kind of almost inhales it, right? If he's not if he's not watching Swallets, I bet he's a guy that grew up playing a lot of Kirby. Um, <laughs> sure. I, I will say I suspect that if he tried to go toe to toe with a Swallet, it wouldn't go well. It'd be a lot like uh, you know, trying to take on the best boxer in the world at boxing. Right. Or trying to swim against a great white shark, you know, like there are just things that humans can't do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Twitter user at Captain Hygiene brings us this one. He says, how poisonous is Swallet to humans? And what is the best anti-venom? Please answer ASAP. Oh, uh, hmm. Well, uh, ho- hopefully we get uh, this to one T in time. Captain Hygiene, uh, I do hope that you called, uh, I do hope that you called your, um, local emergency services as the first step and you didn't submit a twitter question as your first immediate oh gosh yeah well uh, anthony is there a way is there a way to check on a twitter user is that well we'll we'll see what Uh, we can do let's just go ahead and answer it captain hygiene go ahead and tweet at us right now if you're okay Anthony, did you get anything on the show Twitter? I don't. I don't see anything on the show Twitter. Oh, uh, to answer your question, it's very poisonous. Um, very poisonous. You know, these are these are Pokemon that are that are built to, especially if you're a trainer, right? Uh, they are they are built to fight and to to, um, really do damage to other Pokemon who are also trained to fight. A lot of humans don't have that same sort of training, especially uh, in regards to poison gases. So if you haven't built up your immune system and you've just stumbled across a Swallet, um, it's a serious issue. Uh, please, Please contact emergency services if you're listening to us right now. I'm sorry to, you know, I'm sorry to derail the show like this. I just got really nervous. Uh, it's, it's a big, it's, you know, um, Pokemon safety and human safety are two of my, uh, two of my biggest concerns in this world. So, so let's say you are out in the wild, you stumble across a, uh, one of these poison bag Pokemon and you're, you know, it's going to be a few minutes before, uh, rescue can get there. Well, what, what do you recommend to try and abate that poison? Um, you know, 
I know it's going to sound cliche, right? But carry an antidote on you always. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really important. And I know, I know for, for our listeners, for our listeners out there, it's, I, I just want to be clear. Um, each poison has its own antidote. It's not, it's not like those, it's not like those games where it's just one antidote that you buy at the Poke Center. That's ridiculous. Or the Poke Mart, rather, sorry. Um, I get so frustrated about it. Uh, when was the last time you went to a Poke Mart and just saw antidote on the shelf? <laughs> right? Like, that that's, doesn't happen. That's, that's insane. Not real life. No, no. Uh, the, the antidote section of the store is almost half the store. It's insane how many options you can you can have now i mean as we discover new pokemon every day we're 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 working on creating new anti-venoms we're working on creating new antidotes we're working on on uh refining the existing ones you know it's it's also really important actually that brings me to to the second point about pokemon antidotes uh check your expiration labels Mm. you know i know i know a lot of doctors out there will say oh it's not you know, as big a deal, basically the medicine's just less effective. With antidotes, what can happen, depending, you know, those mid-90s antidotes, those those early 2000 antidotes, they actually spoil. So if you're listening to the show right now, please just go into your, go into your medicine cabinet at home, check your, check your backpack, make sure that you've got some fresh antidotes in there. If you're not sure, like if uh, if you were in a rainstorm and the label washed off, just throw them away. It's safe. It's better to be safe than sorry. Like I said, safety number one and two. And, and you know, we're not here to to sell anything, any specific brands or anything like that, except for shorts. Um, sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this week. This week, oh, shorts. And my book. That's my right. Book. Your book, of course. Uh, Munchlax, Girarchi Love disc one researchers search for everything across Kalos, hoan and or uh available now on amazon yep. and wherever you can buy books of course uh but they do sell several uh anti-venoms that will cover multiple pokemon you know like an, an ekans an arbuck and a Seviper. um sure. you know something some yeah of those... things across the evolutionary tree tend to be tend to be similarly uh chemically structured right and even similar pokemon right like Seviper is not necessarily no, part right. of their evolutionary chain but uh but it does have enough of those similar uh venomous qualities that they you can sort of put them together uh, sure. an aqua aquapiter and a uh Eridos, for example sure yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, you know it, it depends it depends on a lot of uh you know what region they are you know they're being found in and um, you know their their natural habitat, their natural their natural food cycle. What do they eat to to help create these poisons? You know, that's a good point because some some of them, like an uh, an Ekans from Kanto, uh, does not that anti venom is not good if you find an Ekans in um, uh, say Kalos. Right. Sure. No. Yeah. You, you got to be. You got to be careful with this stuff. You know, it's it's hard out there for for our trainers and for our Pokemon tourists. It's it's a dangerous job, you know, uh, or a dangerous hobby, I guess, because you know, tourism isn't really something you get paid for. Uh, God, I wish, right? 
if you could just appreciate Pokemon in their natural state and I didn't have to do all this research. <laughs> it would be a, a, a beautiful <sighs> world. Let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, so Zoe Antoinette on Facebook wants to know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much does Swalit like to party? How and with whom, if anything, slash anyone? Uh, a decimal answer is accept- acceptable, as is a comparative scale relative to Flaffy. That's a great question, you know. Um, Very good question, and it and it brings me it brings me back to how each Pokemon has an individual personality, right? Um, there are some Pokemon, of course, that uh, really are more heavily slanted toward partying. Of course, you know you've got you've got Pokemon that just love to boogie. You've got Pokemon that you know. Uh, scientifically, you know, we, we, we have tested to see, uh, alcohol consumption within Pokemon, uh, populations to see, to see kind of how that goes, right? Uh, you know, Jinx, Mr. Mime, they, they tend to be heavier drinkers, uh, than a lot of our other Pokemon. Um, Swalit, you know, Swalit is an interesting case, uh, in, in our alcohol studies, uh, where, no matter how much it drinks, its stomach acid breaks that alcohol down so quickly that it never gets drunk. Now, that doesn't stop it from having mm. a good time. Sure. But it just doesn't get as in uninhibited as you might expect from the, from the volume of alcohol that it, that it consumes. Um, uh, to, to answer Zoe's question... As a species, I would say the Swalit sits around a six on the party scale, right? Uh, you know, I think it. Um, I think it's important to remember that inhibition can get you. Can really can really inhi- inhabit or inhibit rather. Um, for lack of a better, I I'm sorry. I'm not a, I'm not a wordsmith, right? Um, <laughs> I'm a I'm a Pokemon researcher. Uh, of course, but, of course. You know their their inhibitions can really limit the uh, the amount of partying that they feel comfortable doing. Just like with any, just like with any person. And so if if you meet a Swalit who's had a particularly um, comfortable safe upbringing it's going to be a little bit more prone to partying because it's gonna it's gonna feel more confident it's gonna feel safer um you know if you if you if you uh if you were to use say berries or uh i mean in the case of a swallow literally anything um to to positively reinforce party behaviors while it's growing you know, you're gonna see a you're gonna see a swallow that's more likely to party. But as a as a species, I'd put them right around a six. Uh, and compared to a Flaffy. Oh, I mean, Flaffy gets down, right? Okay. Like, there's no there's no there's no questioning that. Everybody everybody knows Flaffy is a Flaffy is a loose Pokemon. Uh, it, it seemed weird to maybe use Flaffy as the scale because, you know, I, I wouldn't really call Flaffy the middle of the list. Uh, sure, you know? right. Yeah. So I, pretty I, much everyone parties less than Flaffy. 
Right, right, and and I think that's uh, I think that's a it's an important question for you know new Pokemon uh, new Pokemon listeners uh, or new you know people just getting into just getting into their their first uh, Pokemon podcasts. I think yeah, it's this important. this may be Zoe's frame of reference is the Flaffy, sure. but but let me right. tell you, uh, you're if you're comparing everything to a Flaffy, you're going to be you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's going to be less exciting for you going forward. Um, you know, if you're thinking about, if you're thinking about Flaffy every time you party with a Pokemon, uh, not that, Oh, um, real quick. I do want to say that I do not recommend, uh, alcohol trials with your Pokemon. Yeah. This uh, again, is, this was done in a scientific environment. Exactly. It was, it was safe. It was, yeah. uh, we had a control group, you know, uh, we, we made sure to follow the scientific method, uh, all the way. We, you know, we introduced alcohol at an appropriate controlled speed. Um, always with the safety of our Pokemon as number one and the safety of our researchers as number two. Wonderful. Yeah, that is an important point to make because uh, it, it could cause some real problems if you're not careful on something like that. Pokemon safety, number one. Number Researcher one. safety, number, number two. two. That's right. That's right. In that order, always. Uh, let's move on here. This, I think, will be a pretty big one. Um, Twitter user at in, uh, Indicamation asks, do Swallets have a preference in what it eats? Do gulpins evolve faster with a specific diet? Now, this is the first time we've spoken really about non-Darwinian evolution on the show with you. Um, I know evolution is not, you're not a, the, the foremost expert in Pokemon evolution, um, but I think maybe this is still something that you can try to tackle a little bit. For sure, yeah. Uh, as the foremost expert in Swallet, uh, I, feel, I feel it's my responsibility to address the evolutionary path of that creature right um absolutely to, ans to answer the first question um in much the same way that humans have a have a preference on what they eat you know um anthony i know i know if you could right every day pizza and pasta baby that's, but that's me um you know for me uh it's ideally tacos and french fries for the rest of my life um but swallets are much the same, you know. Uh, my swallet at home, he loves apples, just loves mm. them, just by the bushel. He will, he will eat apples, and, and um, literally by the bushel, like that's one bite. Correct, correct, yeah. yeah, exactly. He, you know, we we set up the feed trough outside, and it just we dump them into the into like the, a hopper almost right like it, it looks like a gigantic funnel and he just stands underneath it with his head up mouth wide open mm. apples fill up his fill up his whole face it's amazing he's the best he's i miss him you'll, you'll have to send some pictures we'll put them up on our instagram oh i'd love to mm. um remind me okay oh i will great um to answer the second question of that, uh, do gulpins evolve faster with a specific diet? I mean, you know, we've talked before about Pokemon supplements. Um, mm. You know, I know, I know on one of the shows that you've had me on, um, 
perhaps the Bulbasaur episode. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about we talked about the different Pokemon supplements that are available uh, to help to help grow your Pokemon into a lean, mean fighting machine, right? Um, I don't think. Again, uh, I'm not here to sell you on anything, uh, but except I don't... for Mike's new book, Munchlax, Girarchi, and Love Disc. One researcher's search for everything across Callus, Hoenn, and Or. Available now. Uh, who does the audiobook for that, Mike? Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, wonderful. What a yeah. great choice. Yeah, I thought I thought it would be really nice to get uh to get his take on that story. You know, I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. I think it'd be really inter- I I think it's going to I think it's going to be really interesting for a lot of our listeners. Um You know, it's it, it's tricky because when you do an audiobook you want to capture the spirit of the book, but you also want to make it new and interesting. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Tom was the guy who could do that. Uh, so, yeah. Mr. Hiddleston, again, if you're listening, I really appreciate. Uh, I really appreciate you putting in all that work. I'm, I'm sure that he is. I mean, if not, I'll I'll send him a link to download. It'll be fine. Um, Great. I just I I just wanted to let him know that. Uh, I really appreciate what he did for us. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Got off on a tangent there. That's okay. What was the... Uh, We were discussing supplements. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to sell you anything. uh, But there are a few different... um, you know, don't don't go with any any sort of like creatine base, uh, right? That's just going to swell up your gulp and it's going to make them all waterlogged. He's going to look terrible but um you know there are a few different specific proteins uh that will uh give your gulpin more uh more strength uh and you know when you go through that evolutionary process that's really what they're looking for is strength and and energy reserves to to really push through to the other side of that evolution you know um in the games again uh but it looks like you know it looks like it happens all at once there's a there's a flash of light and boom done right they've evolved the reality of it is that it takes a little bit longer right um you're gonna notice your gulpin is lethargic for a couple of days before before it starts to evolve. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna see it start to change color a little bit. You might see it go from that that classic gulpin green right um, to to a bit more brown. You know you're gonna see it. You're gonna see it kind of starting to uh, starting to transition almost not not in a gradient right, but uh, slowly over those over those days of lethargy a lot of people get worried that the that their gulpins are sick or bruised um, or right yeah if you know if you're a trainer um or if you have a particularly uh clumsy gulpin you might worry that it fell off the couch or something um don't i don't want to say don't worry right because the safety of the pokemon is number one so um just be aware that this is what happens uh which i mean anyone anyone taking a gulpin into their home should already be aware but again that's that's just i know 
I know everyone sees one and they just want to rescue it and they, they've, you know, they feel for it. I get it. A gulpin is cute. Um, but just make sure that you're prepared to deal with a swallet, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a much bigger creature. Much bigger, uh, much bigger footprint, much bigger uh, outlay of time and energy and resources. Uh, you've got to have a bigger area for the swallet to be in, especially when it starts to uh, emit those poison gases. Um, but yeah, so there are supplements that will that will help your gulpin evolve uh, more quickly. But I think it's important to remember that all Pokemon evolve on their own time. You know, mm-hmm. wh- why rush it? You're going to look back one day and you're going to be like, man, I wish I still had my cute little gulpin. Yeah, I got this, uh, absolutely. You know, uh, it, the time it just goes by so fast. You know, one second they're just crawling around on the floor, tiny little gulpin looking so cute. And then the next they're walking around, they're talking, they're yelling, they're they're swallowing everywhere, they're eating everything. And you're like, I don't... I feel like it was just yesterday that I was holding this little baby gulpin in my arms, and now you're too heavy to pick up. I, so thank you for that. That's a very good point. Uh, you know, we want to make sure people are doing things in their own time. There are ways to help it move along, but uh, in the commission, we think you should probably just just don't worry so much about it. Let gulpin uh, evolve when gulpin evolves. Appreciate the time that you have with your gulpin. You'll have plenty of time with your swallet. Um, you know, they... Their lifespans are quite impressive, uh, as long as you're taking care of them. Um, you know, I've heard of I've heard of swallows outliving their owners, and then, mm-hmm. you know, either having to be rehomed or taken to a preserve, because of course you can't you can't just release a swallow into the wild, which is one of the most dangerous misconceptions about the game. Of course, all of these Pokemon that they capture and then they train and then they work with and then they domesticate and then they just release them again. That's ridiculous. That... Uh, 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 a conversation for another time, perhaps. Uh, I, I don't want to get you too worked up right before we head out here. And, and honestly, that's all the time we have this week anyway. But thank you so much, Mike, for coming in. It, it's always such a pleasure to have your insight on the show. I, I re- again, I really appreciate being here. Thank you so much, Anthony. Um, if anyone checks out the uh, the audiobook, um, you know, make sure to go ahead and tweet at Tom Hiddleston. Let him know what a great job he did with Munchlax, Jirachi, and Love Disc. One researcher's search for everything across Kalos, Hoenn, and Ore. Available, you know, anywhere books are sold. Um, available on Barnes and Noble's website. Um, available, and, and if it's not available, you can ask for it. You can just email them. Um, they will. They will respond. They will. They will make sure to get another copy up there for you. Um, yes. Yep. The the way my deal works with them, you know, they they understand the importance of moving these moving these units. Um, it's really exciting. Well, excellent. Uh, so uh, we had way more questions this week than we could possibly get to, and we are so grateful for it. Thank you so much for reaching out. I- I'm sorry if we didn't get to use your question, but but we're we're you know we thank you for sending them all the same. And if you ever have any questions in the future, please do not forget to write to us. Uh, join us in two weeks when we will have an expert in to talk about one of my personal favorites, uh, Mareep. You know, we had our flaffy discussion earlier. This will be about Mareep. Uh, so make sure you send all of your Mareep questions to Twitter, Facebook, and email. Tweet us at at Pokedexpert. 
Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pokedexpert and email us at pokedexpertpod at gmail.com. We can't wait to see what you want to know. See you next time.